You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we've been picking this thing apart. It says, let joy be your continual feast. I love that word feast. You need to feast on joy. Make your life a prayer, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan. You want to know God's perfect plan for you? Three things. Feast on joy, make your life a prayer, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. I mean, those are three simple things. God's saying, this is my perfect plan for you. Do these three things for you in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on to say, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit and do not be one who scorns prophecies and be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test and afterward hold tightly to what is proven to be right. Avoid every appearance of evil. Now, uh, you know, I, I love talking about joy, and, and I'm, I'm going to talk about prayer uh, uh, this Sunday. I'm going to talk about the power of prayer, uh, and so we're going to talk about that. And, and, but I, I want to talk about, and one, not someone who doesn't uh, scorn prophecy. Otherwise, you don't scorn when the Word of God is taught to you, even when it applies to you, even when it steps on your toes or squashes your toes, either one, that you don't scorn it, but you welcome it. You welcome God's Word in your life. You don't take it as a judgment. You don't take it as it's beating you down. You take it as God's trying to help lift us up. Amen? And so, We've looked at several pieces of this, but I want to talk about um, how forgiveness is freedom. And that, that's when he talks about avoid every appearance of evil. And I think unforgiveness is, is one of the worst things, uh, I mean, to the point of losing your salvation that you could ever experience. So turn with me to Luke chapter 6 verse 37 Luke chapter chapter 6 verse 37 and I've told the story before of of the man who who sees in the spirit that goes to the Clovis church um, or a church in Clovis and how he saw all these people that he knew from church and God showed him this vision of, of you know, him being standing in heaven and the book of life being read and that he read names and people were celebrated going into heaven and there was huge cheers and cries as they entered heaven and then others' names weren't in the book and they, they sunk down below the cloud they were standing on and went down. And he finally asked uh, the angel that was talking to him, he said, hey, what, what's the deal between these two? He said, and why aren't these people going? I know every one of them, they're all in church. He said, everyone that you saw fall is walking in unforgiveness. They didn't make it into heaven. And that's why I want to talk about that tonight because unforgiveness will, is poison. It's poison. We've heard it said that it's a poison that you want other people to take that you're mad at, but it's really you're taking it yourself. And so in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, God says this. Jesus said, Forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others, 
and you will not be criticized and judged in return. Don't condemn others, and you will not be condemned. Forgive over and over, and you will be forgiven over and over. Forgive over and over, and you will be forgiven over and over. You know, again, it comes down to that sowing and reaping. He's saying, if you'll sow forgiveness, you can reap forgiveness in return, not just from God, but from others. When you walk and and you have a lifestyle of saying, I'm sorry, apologizing, and owning what you've done to be part of the problem, when you own that, gosh, man, guys, it opens up such a door of grace to your life. I've seen unforgiveness hold more people back from the blessings of God. They don't have, the, they aren't feasting on joy. They're not, they're not thanking God. They're not, their prayers, they can offer up a million prayers and they're hitting the roof. They're not going any further than their roof. Why? Because when you're walking in unforgiveness, you're not moving God's heart. You're not gonna move God's heart at all. And it limits your life so much that that's why a lot of people don't have joy. That's why they're not thankful. That's, not, that's why they're not feasting. This, is, this unforgiveness just keeps holding them back and holding them back. You can't, even, you can't even enter in to a right relationship with God with all kinds of unforgiveness inside of you. When you come and ask him, God, show me why you made me, if you have unforgiveness, you're going to say, nah, we're only talking about one thing right now. Well, we'll talk about what's happening in the future later, but right now we're just going to deal with unforgiveness. Because this thing is holding, this thing has created a wall between you and I. And without, without releasing that and walking in it continually, forgive and you'll be forgiven. Forgive and forgive, and you'll be forgiven and forgiven. It's a continual thing. Why is it a continual thing? Well, because there's drivers on the road. And you're going to be, I mean, because there's people. There's people at Walmart. I mean, there's just, there's people everywhere. And you're going to have an opportunity to be offended all the time. Because there's people that are lazy at work. Because there's people that just rub you the wrong way. Their personality rubs you the wrong way, and you probably rub them them the wrong way. And I'm just talking about the people in your household. I'm not even talking about the people outside your house. But you, you know, there's just going to be opportunity to be constantly offended. You know, when Jesus said, he said in the word, he said, don't be, he said, and, and make sure you don't fall for the sin that so easily besets you. The sin that so easily besets us is this, unforgiveness. It's the one that besets us. What does it mean to be beset? It means it, it, re, it sets us back away from God. At a level like, like, man, hardly any other sin will do. I mean, it, 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 it closes all kinds of doors around you, and it narrows your world, your worldview, and your view of everything in life just in general. It, it, just, it just narrows it down where options and opportunities and relationships and everything, just everything starts shrinking in around you when you walk in unforgiveness. It shrinks you, it shrinks your life, it shrinks your thinking, it shrinks your dreams, it shrinks your imagination, it just shrinks you. 
And that's why he said, forgive over and over and you will be forgiven over and over. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at several scriptures. I want you to see it and hear it in the word. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I think it's verse 21. It says, For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. So because of our union with God, with Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Now let me ask you, if every time you have an imagined, not, not just every, every time you have a thought, because Satan will throw, throw thoughts at you that aren't, aren't your sin, but every time you've imagined something wrong, said something you shouldn't have said, and I'm not just talking about cussing, or I'm talking about little lies. I was going to say little lies. There's no little lie. Lies, gossip. You said something you promised other people you would not say. I mean, everything you've ever said, everything you've ever thought and run through your imagination, and every action that you did or didn't do. Some things, some things are sins of commission that you did and omission that you were supposed to do that you didn't do. How many? Give me a number. <laughs> Give me a number by the time someone's 40 of how many sins you think that is. <laughs> I mean, that. Thousands? Million? And that's how many times, and that's how much God has forgiven us. And that's why when Peter said, how, how often do I need to forgive? Do I, do I forgive this guy? Peter thought he was being a big shot. Do I forgive this guy a couple times in a day? Can I forgive him once a day? And he's like, see I, how righteous I am? And Jesus said, no, let me show you something, Pete. I want you to forgive him seven times 70 in a day, which is the number of completion. Like if he, if he commits seven times 70 sins against you in one day, you forgive him. And he knew, Peter knew, and Jesus knew, and all of us heard knew that that means if he, if he committed a million sins in, against you in a day, you forgive him. A million in a day. A million in a day, you still forgive. You got to let it go. God's, it's a commandment, not a suggestion. It's not a, well, you can do it. No, it's, you better do it. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. Matthew 6, 14. It says this, and when you pray, Make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. Again, what I said that when you pray, if you don't walk in forgiveness, your prayers hit the ceiling. They aren't going any higher than that. They're not reaching heaven. He said, and when you pray, you make sure you take care of this first. God, most so-and-so made me mad, and I, I've, I've, I've not forgiven them, and I'm going to forgive them right now before I offer my request to you. He said, make sure when you pray, 
that you first start off with? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Why? Because we've been forgiven so much, God is almost like, how dare you? You've been, I forgave you for all these millions of sins you've committed in one lifetime, and I forgave you for all of it. Sins you did, sins sins of commission and omission, things you did and things you should have done you didn't do. And I'm holy and perfect. I've never committed one sin. How dare you hold unforgiveness towards another human being who's just like you? And how dare you expect me to forgive you when you won't forgive them and then and then want other people to forgive you too. I think it's hypocritical at its highest to want others to forgive us and say, forgive me, and, and then not forgive others. I, I don't even get that. Why would you have that expectation? No, you'll reap what you sow. God's not mocked. People think they can mock God. They cannot mock God. He said, I will not be mocked. What you sow, you'll reap. Man, I want to sow forgiveness, and I want to sow it quickly. Now, I've said before, forgiveness and, and, and relationship is two different things. Reconciliation of the relationship is two different things. I can forgive you and still not reconcile the relationship. Why? Because you might not be willing to reconcile it. And if you're not, I'm, I don't have a responsibility to make you. I don't have that responsibility. And reconciliation takes a whole nother thing to reconcile a relationship. It's more than just I forgive you because God expects that of me and I know that I've sinned too, so I'm gonna forgive you the way I wanna be forgiven. But to reconcile the relationship, there might be more that has to take place. You might owe me money. Probably do, no, I'm kidding. But you, it might be a financial thing. It might be a, a, a thing that you're going to have to earn some trust back and earn that relationship back. There's, there's stuff that has to go that is different in reconciliation that's different than forgiveness. Some relationships won't be repaired even though there is forgiveness because it takes two to repair it, and sometimes people aren't wanting to do what it takes to repair it. And, and that's... And you can only make that decision for you. You can't make that decision for others. So I just move on. Can I tell you? I forgive and move on. And if they want reconciliation and pursue it, my heart's always open. But it's, but it's not going to be reconciliation just because you asked. It'll be forgiveness and you don't even have to ask. I've had people, someone apologized to me the other day. They said, man, I just want to ask you to forgive me because I, I didn't handle this situation right, Pastor Troy. And I said, man, I already did. You didn't have, I'm glad you came and asked, but you don't even have to ask me because I, I don't have to be asked. I'm going to forgive you because I want to be forgiven. That's it, that's it. I want to be forgiven by God and I want to be forgiven by others. So I already, already forgave you without you even asking. I'm glad you did. But to actually, to restore relationship is a different matter that, that requires a lot more work than that. So don't, don't, don't uh, confuse 
forgiveness with automatic reconciliation. Because a lot of people will ask for forgiveness and say, I'm sorry. And <laughs> I used to do this to Julie. Uh, you know, we're fighting and I don't even know why. All the men in the room, if you're, if you're a real man, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I still don't get why we're fighting. And so I would just apologize. I'm sorry, Julie. And she'd say, for what? I'd say, I don't know. I just, I just don't want you to be mad at me. Well, I told you what it was for. Well, I, I, don't, I don't understand what you're even talking about, why that would even make you mad. You know, but that's not, I've got, you know, it, I can't just go say I'm sorry and ask you to forgive me if I want a relationship. Reconciliation takes, hey, why, why am I sorry? I, here's why I'm sorry. Here's what I did. Here's my responsibility. Here's how I want to make it right. Here's how I want to rebuild this relationship. And so reconciliation is different. Don't confuse it. Because I think sometimes as Christians, we think, well, if, if I forgave them, then I have to have a relationship with them. No, you don't. No, you don't. Reconciliation has to be earned. That's, a, that's something that has to be a two-way street. It has to be earned. It has to be talked through. It has to be rebuilt. To be reconciled, something has to be rebuilt. A relationship has to be rebuilt, and it takes two to do that. And both parties have to be really honest about what their part was in order to re reconcile. But forgiveness is a given. Again, I know a lot of people will never hear, and I'm sorry. I, I had... You know, I had two incredible experiences in Africa. I told you about one, uh, about the rain coming down on Sunday. That was just like a Hallmark movie thing, man. It was crazy cool. But another one was when Pastor Swan and I stood up and said to the crowd of older people that were older and some of the younger and asked them from a white person, from a white person, because they'd been under apartheid, it'd been brutal, but, but I, we, I asked the question, has anybody in the paper or anybody anywhere said they were sorry? In the air, to a person, they said, no, no one has apologized for the years of brutality. So we stood up and said, you'll never hear it from them. They don't have it in them to say it, but I want to say it. On behalf of them, and really on behalf of our God, some of you need to hear, I'm sorry, and we want to say I'm sorry to you. And, and it caused an avalanche of forgiveness and help. But guys, so many times, you're not going to hear that from the person that you want to hear that from. And so many people are waiting to forgive to hear that. You're never, for, with, in some circumstances, in some situations, you're not going to hear that. They're not going to say it. They're not. They can't see it or don't want to see that they did you wrong. Or they can't see it. Or maybe sometimes you've misunderstood the whole circumstance. 
And you're walking in forgiveness and never really had a chance to talk it out, or maybe you don't see it. But here's the deal. Whether they say I'm sorry and ask your forgiveness or not, it does not matter. God still expects us, regardless of receiving that, just to say, I forgive them and walk that out. I forgive them for what they did. I forgive them for what they didn't do. They should have done. I forgive. That will cut you loose from your past and won't hold you in limbo with the blessings and goodness of God in your life. And it won't hold you back in other relationships. You're right there in Matthew. Look at Matthew 18, 21. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, 21 and 22. This is powerful. What, what God says right here, 21 said, later Peter approached Jesus and said, how many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? He said, seven times. Uh, he said, seven times. It's trying to be like, man, that's a big number. I said one or two, but it's seven. Seven times, and, but uh, Jesus responded, no, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times, seven times. The lesson the lessons of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. And then he goes on to talk about, it gives this great example of forgiveness. About one person who asked for forgiveness for a lot of sin, a lot of debt, he put it in terms of debt, and was granted it, and then he held somebody else accountable for this little debt he owed him, $10 he owed him. He was forgiven a million dollars, and he went out and had a guy thrown in jail for the $10 he owed him, and God's like saying, I'm not putting up with this. This is how you and I are. I forgave you of much. How dare you not forgive others? And he talks about that it will cost you your eternal life. You don't want to cost yourself your eternal life. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 15. Says this. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. And make sure no one lives with a root of everybody say root of bitterness sprouting within them which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. So it says, listen, you're gonna, if you allow a root of bitterness to enter in you, and it starts with unforgiveness. And when you start walking in unforgiveness towards someone, something starts to grow. A root. A root of bitterness. And you let that, the, the deeper the root, the greater the fruit. I said the deeper the root, the longer you walk in that unforgiveness, the deeper the root is and the harder it is to pull out. That's why God said, be slow to anger and what? Quick to? Quick. How many of you want God to be quick to forgive you? How long do you want him to wait before he forgives you? I ask him and receive it right then. Why? Because I grant forgiveness like that, right, that quickly. I want to receive uh, forgiveness instantly, and I want to grant uh, forgiveness instantly towards others. I'll have to process it some through my emotions and my mind, but in my heart, I already said, God, I forgive them. God bless them. I forgive them. I drive down the road saying that. 
God bless them. I forgive them, Lord. I forgive them. God bless them. It grows beneath the surface, this root. You can't see it on the outside yet. But one day, one day there'll be a harvest. And you will not like that harvest. And in Ephesians, it's the last verse I'm going to look at probably. I won't promise that. But in Ephesians chapter 4, it describes what that root produces. In Ephesians chapter 4. It says what grows from that. Chapter 4, verse 31, describes what it grows. Here's what it says. Let's start reading verse 30. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His holy influence in your life. So this is the second time in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And now, now, uh, in, this, in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians uh, 4:31, it's saying don't grieve the Holy Spirit. In, a, in a Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, it says don't grieve the Spirit by rejecting prophecy and turning down what God says is right and wrong and participating in evil. And now it says again, don't, this is how else you grieve the Holy Spirit. What will happen in your life He says this, lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. Another translation of it says, lay aside bitterness. It says bitterness. Lay aside, in the King James uh, NIV, it says bitterness. It says lay aside bitterness. Because bitterness turns to wrath, turns to anger, extreme anger. And then anger turns to what we call clamor. Clamor is when you start to demand what you want regardless of whether it's right or wrong. So it starts with bitterness, turns to anger, and then you start demanding. Ah, you better do this, and you better do that, and you better, and you, 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 you better give me what I want. That's the fruit that grows from the bitterness. And then clamor turns to what we call slander. Which you start, you start slandering the other person. I don't know how many people I've seen. Man, listen, ladies, I want to say this to you because the Bible says it specifically to women. It says a woman is a fool that tears down her own household. You're foolish if you tear down your husband and your kids. You need to be speaking good things over your husband and your kids. I mean, I'm just quoting the Bible. It says, a woman is a fool that tears down her own household. Don't tear down. You know, God, I, I, it just grieves me. And I see husbands just shrink when their wife, because every husband, ladies, if you don't know this, man, I'm going to teach you a, a man, a, something about a man right now. Every man wants their wife to say good things about them. Every man. Wants their wife to say good things about them. Every man. Every man. Well, my husband don't care. Oh, yes, he does care. And I've seen husbands shrink when their wife publicly says, oh, he's just stupid. Oh, he never does this. He never does that. And oh, they roll their eyes at everything he says. And 
I mean, all you do is tear down, tear them down. And I've seen people, men, once they get angry, and then they allow that bitterness, bitterness to turn to that wrath, that anger, and then that anger turns to clamor where there's a demanding spirit in them now that they're gonna demand their rights and demand that this get right and make it get right no matter what it cost them, it better get right. Then it starts to turn to slander and that poison just spews out. That's why it says it won't just poison you, it will poison others around you because you can't keep your mouth shut when you have that root in you. I've met total strangers, total strangers doing street ministry, just knocking on doors and talking to people. I've met elderly people all alone, living all alone, no one's helping them. No one's taking care of them. And I find out why within about the first minute or so I talk to them. Because if they'll talk to me at all, if they'll talk to me at all, man, it doesn't take a minute or so, and that bitterness just starts spewing out. Yeah, I went to church. Yeah, but and they and they and the moon and they and oh yeah, I had a I had a I had a family and they and they just and it just it's just evil poison pours out of them. It's crazy to me that I'll ask some people, how long ago was that? Because it seems like yesterday. But I've learned with experience, it's not yesterday. It's years ago. Years ago. I know people, single people, men and women, that were burned by others. Burned in relationships. Cheated on, burned, used, and abused. And they never forgave. And they think they can enter into new relationships. But it never turns out right. Because they still have that root of bitterness inside of them. And that, that stuff, they never trust. They're always looking for opportunities to pounce again. Always mistrusting. Their judgment skewed. Their world is narrow. <clears throat> and they think they can move forward and they can't. It never surprises me that when I get around bitter people that they don't have good relationships. Of course they don't. All they do is talk about their bitterness, and they just want everybody to know how they got hurt. Can I just give you a thought? When you get really hurt, give yourself 24 or 48 hours before you start spewing. Give yourself a little time to calm down. Because you'll say a lot of things you'll, you might end up regretting out of anger. The Bible says a person that gives in to anger is a fool. Is a fool because they'll do foolish things. I think we've all probably done that, right? But it's not good. And then that slander turns to malice. It'll turn to malice. It's not the words in the passion, but those are the right. It'll turn to malice. What is malice? Malice is they, they want revenge. Now it's like, it's, I, I'm going to make sure I get my pound of flesh. And they'll lie. They'll cheat. They'll do anything and justify it in their mind. They'll justify it in their mind. I've been hurt and I've been burned so I can justify doing this to others. I'm going to say something to you. The Bible says, revenge is mine, saith the Lord. Let me say something to you too. Justice and revenge are two different things. You can demand justice, but you can't operate in revenge and be and expect God to be with you. God, God alone will take revenge. 
Justice is something we can pray out. Justice is something, especially if it's something illegal, we can demand. And we, we can do that and walk in forgiveness and still ask for justice. I want to encourage you. I, I had two different messages tonight. And God, when we were singing that third song, he talked about forgiveness. And I, God's just like, I just want to confirm to you which one to preach. It's, this is something we've got to, this is like doing an oil change of a car. We've got to keep checking this all our life to make sure that we're not walking in unforgiveness because we have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do so. And it will never, all your life, you're going to have an opportunity to walk in forgiveness. Until you breathe your last breath, you're going to have an opportunity. Maybe on your deathbed, you'll, so-and-so didn't show up and see me, and you'll have an opportunity to, not, to walk in, I mean, guys, you can't, don't do that. Don't cost yourself your eternal life. Don't cost yourself heaven because someone else has hurt you. So what do we do if we have a root of bitterness in us, Pastor Troy? You start digging. You got to dig it up. How do you do that? Well, you start with going to God. Saying, God, I'm walking in unforgiveness. I don't know how to let this go. It's made me very angry to the point where I'm slandering and I'm lying and I'm speaking and I'm spewing. You know, trying to justify, you know, trying to get it off of me that so-and-so's hurt me so bad that I'm going to tell everybody. And I just want to throw up on everybody I see this unforgiveness and anger I'm walking into or walking with. You go to prayer. You, you go to God with that. You say, God, I want to ask you to forgive me for walking in unforgiveness. God, I want to ask you to forgive me for the things I've said the things I have done out of malice, the things I've done slandering others. And God, you have every reason to slander me. You know every sin I've ever committed. You could pick me apart if you wanted to, God, but you don't slander me and you don't pick me apart. You forgive me when I ask you. And right now, whether they ever ask me or not, I choose, not, a, not an emotion, but a, as an act of my will, I choose to forgive them, and I ask you by the Spirit of uh, by the Spirit of the Mighty God, your Holy Spirit, to help me to walk that out and dig that root up in me and dig that out of me until it's totally released from my life and all that poison is gone. And I'm free because there's for freedom, absolute incredible freedom in forgiveness. Not just receiving it, but there's even more freedom, as much freedom as giving it. It sets you free. Let it go. Begin with a prayer, asking God to help you. And then it'll come down to choices. Are you going to choose your emotions? Some days you might do better than others. You'll choose, and I'm not going to say anything. No, God, I forgive them. Every time their name comes up, every time that thought, I forgive them, Father. You just got to keep saying it. Father, you forgave me, I forgave them. And sometimes you might yield. And when you yield to that anger and that, and that need, that clamor, that demand that's on your heart to demand some kind of, of revenge or, or to get something right with that person, listen. When you give in to that, you go right to God again and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me 
I ask your forgiveness. And again today, I choose, not an emotion, not an emotion, not a feeling. I choose to forgive them and let it go and let you deal with that, with that other person. I'm going to let it go, let it go, let it go. And it might be a process over a period of time for you to finally get free. But I'm telling you, I felt it. I have felt the freedom of forgiveness. Golly, it's like, it's like a weight comes off of you. It's like, wow, okay. And joy is returned on the inside. It's pure freedom to receive it from God and to give it to others. Pure freedom. So if you're battling that, man, right now today, before you even leave here, you can go ahead and bow your eyes and close, bow your head and close your eyes. And you can begin to pray even now. If God's, if names are coming up to you, people are coming up to you, circumstances and situations that you don't even know the names of the people, but you're seeing faces, but some of you are hearing names in your head like, God, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Susie, Tommy, they're, they're, he's, he's speaking names. He might even be speaking names of people you've hurt that you need to go say you're sorry to. And whether they reconcile you with you or not, at least you did what God asked you to do. You did your part. But don't force that on them. And don't force a relationship on them. That's not seeking forgiveness or reconciliation, either one. Trying to force, I'm sorry, so now you got to be in. No, don't force anything. But if you're, hearing, if you're hearing names, you're seeing faces, you start right now to say, I forgive them. Yep, I forgive that person. I don't know their name, Father, but I see their face. I, if you are seeing names, I forgive my parents. I forgive my uncle. I forgive, I forgive my ex. I forgive this person. I forgive my boss. I forgive that pastor and those people. I forgive them. I'm letting it go. I'm, I want to walk in your freedom of you forgiving me, Father, and me forgiving them. For others in this room, you might be thinking, man, I really want to do that. I just really don't know how, and I need help, and God's here to help you. He's here to help you right now. But the, the relationship with God begins with you acknowledging that he's God. And that, that's not something that you just think or say. It's it's a it's an admission that you're not God. That you're not the God of your own life. That you're not God. That you can decide what is good and evil, right and wrong. That you're not in control of... Of, and you're not, you're going to release selfishness and just living for self, and you're going to submit your life and commit your life to serving the one true, holy, loving God that sent his son to die for my sins and yours. And if You've never prayed, and you want to tonight, online or in here right now, you want to get right with God, and you've never prayed. This is the time. He'll help you walk in forgiveness and receive forgiveness. 
He'll teach you how to do those things, just like he teaches all of us. Maybe you've known him and you've, you just don't, you haven't spent any time with him. And so you've just faded. It's been a slow fade and you've eventually found yourself far away. Or maybe you did get hurt and you ran away. But you just need to come back and, and, and ask God to forgive you and get right with him. So whether it's your first time or your second time online, if you're online and you're listening and you want to pray with us, I don't care if it's Wednesday night when this is live or Saturday evening when you're watching it. Send us a message and say, hey, I want to, I prayed for the first time or the next time. Send it now. In this room, if you want to pray for the first time or the next time, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand up high and say, it's, it's me, God. God, it's me. You know it's me. I'm going to get right with you right now. And then after that, after you send that message, after you raise your hand, what we're going to do is we're going to pray right where you're, you're seated at right now. Not going to wait any longer. We're going to pray right now. So in this room, one, two, three, raise your hand and say, it's me. I need to get right with God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Put your, you can put those hands down. Let's pray with all of them. Let's pray with all of them. Say this all together, church. Say, God, right now, I say to you, you are God in God alone. I believe what you said, that out of love, you sent Jesus. He died for my sins on a cross. And he knew no sin, but died for mine. I believe you raised him from the dead and he's alive. That all that you've said is true. And because I believe that, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. And by choice, I choose to forgive those who have hurt me. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord, Jesus Christ of my life. Teach me now, Lord, by your word and by the Holy Spirit, how to serve and live for you, to live life and life to the full that you came to give me. Until I see you in heaven, thank you. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate the goodness of God. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.